Hello, and welcome to the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast, the place to go for analysis of last week's Magic Games and insight on the future of the franchise from the perspective of real fans. I'm Cole, and on the phone from Philly is Ian, and let's jump right into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast. I'm Cole. On the other line from Charlotte is Ian. We're here today bringing you a good old-fashioned coronavirus-affected episode here. No basketball to speak of, to talk about, but I'm just going to go for a couple of nice throwback episodes, just talking about what we love about basketball, you know, while we're here missing it, reminisce on the good old days of a couple of weeks ago when you could turn on the on the TV and watch the Magic disgrace themselves on national television every few nights, you know? But uh, we're we're just going to start it off with the story Ian's got about Andre Iguodala he was telling me earlier. Yeah, so um, tonight's episode's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about a, a lot of different things. One, I'm going to talk about my new favorite TV show. It's a, it's a high school drama TV show called All-American. Um, and we're also going to talk about the story that I'm about to finish up telling you, Cole, before we came on. So the other day... So on LinkedIn, okay, I'm a whore on LinkedIn. I connect with anyone who looks interesting. I don't care. I, I, I'm in investments, right? But I'll connect with people who I just think yeah. are weird and interesting and anybody who I think I could talk to. I like learning from others. So I'm connected with this this girl. She's an NBA agent. And I'm not sure how I connected with her or why she accepted my LinkedIn request, but whatever i mean everyone on linkedin's a whore right it's easy to hit the accept button um you never know where people are going to turn up so uh, the other day uh i think it was yesterday maybe it was this morning i can't remember anyway she had shared us she had shared meta world pieces linkedin um and she had shared his his post so here i am i realize i'm i'm a second connection with Meta World Peace. So, so the way LinkedIn works, right? Like, Cole, you and I are connected on LinkedIn, right? So that's a first connection. So if you're connected with somebody I'm not connected with, they're my second connection, okay? So I find out we're on our test, for, formerly we're on our test, now Meta World Peace, is my second connection. So I'm pretty sure it was this morning. I shot him a LinkedIn request at like 9 o'clock this morning. Well, 10.30 rolls around. Now, I was like, he's never going to respond, but like, you know, cool, right? I found I found an NBA player, someone who you know I always liked. Um, fuck Detroit. Um, you know, somebody who I always liked and respected, and um, you know, uh, I I added I added him on LinkedIn. So like, ten thirty rolls around, and he accepted the damn LinkedIn request. Now I don't know, maybe he's just as big a whore as I am, but like, you know, shit. Like I thought that was kind of cool. Again, fuck Detroit. So um, I'm flipping through LinkedIn just as we're coming on, and he, he's he got a little video. Do you live in Detroit? What? When you say fuck Detroit. The Malice in the Palace. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, I, I still remember Stort Scott after that episode, or after that fight when they, when they cut to SportsCenter. He goes... You know, when I came on tonight, I thought Detroit fans were punks. And after tonight's game, I still think they're punks. It was great. If you haven't seen that, look it up. Um, so anyway, 
So, <coughs> excuse me. So, um, uh, he's got this little video thing, and he goes, "I'm choosing a group of three to seven people to talk about th- talk talk about things with, uh, you know, talk about your interests uh, or common interests or, or something like that." So I shot him over a little email and was like, "Hey, um, I have a question for you. I have a question about investing as an NBA player." I said, "I'm an investments analyst, and I, I currently work for a nonprofit here in Charlotte. So it's not like." I'm trying to win any clients. I mean, it'd be cool if he wanted to open a donor advised fund, but outside of that, like I can't take his money uh, by law. So I'm just want to talk to him about investing. So a few years ago, when when Andre Iguodala moved out to, and by the way, he's on LinkedIn too. So if you haven't got if you haven't seen his LinkedIn profile, I recommend it. Um, so we uh, or anyway, when 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 Andre Iguodala went to the the Warriors a few years ago, part of the reason he did that was because he wanted to get into Silicon Valley. He wanted to start investing in startup firms. And so that's what that's what he did. Um, so Andre Godala now is doing personal venture capital. So venture capital is a lot easier to do when you're, you know, worth twenty million dollars or whatever whatever Andre Godala is worth. Right, but he's out there and he's funding these startup companies, and it's super interesting. So I shot Ron Artest a note or met him piece, and said, "Hey man, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, finding a way to combine sports, philanthropy, and my love for investing. I just want to talk. I'm just, just curious. So am I expecting a reply? No, I am not. But uh, it would be super cool if I got one." So that's my story on Meta World Peace. That's pretty cool, yeah. Andre Guadalla, you want to guess his lifetime earnings? Cumulative? Probably and, uh, like... He started in 2004, so he's been 15 years in the league. Okay, so probably like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 25, 30 million, somewhere in there? Well, more? Where, remember where he started out on the 76ers as an all-star. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so he yeah. more. I mean, he's yeah, he's like, a lot more. I was like, surprised. Probably close to a hundred. He's at a hundred and sixty-six million dollars. Holy crap! Yeah, I was like, what the hell? I mean, I I knew he was good. I remember, I remember back uh, when Dwight was here. There were you know there well there remember that one season where the I, I think it was the twenty two thousand nine two thousand ten where there was a rumor of like every NBA superstar coming to the magic, right? Like there was a, there was a rumor that Zach Randolph was coming, uh, Chris Paul, a bunch of people. But one of the rumors was, was Iguodala coming. I remember that because he, he was an all-star that year. Holy crap. I can't believe it was $166 million. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And then he just signed that, uh, three or $48 million deal or yeah with miami with miami now it's i'm seeing it's with the warriors here no no no. he's in miami now because remember he was with the grizzlies oh so it's two years 30 with a 15 million dollar club option in 21 22 but i guess they're also paying him this year yeah okay 
So that's interesting, and I wonder, yeah, I don't, I don't know, because, uh, let's, yeah, I don't know about that, what's going on with that, but pretty crazy that he's made so much money in his career, I mean, good for him, you know? Yeah, no, and the thing I like about Andre Iguodala is, I mean, on, on the court, back when he, was, when he was with the Warriors, he was a little bitch, but, um, I mean, he's quiet, he's, he's humble, you know, I mean, he, I, I haven't heard anything about him in years, that's why I thought he was only worth twenty five or thirty million dollars. Um, I mean, you know, he invests in startup companies. I think he's a really smart guy. I've never met him. I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen him in person. But, um, I mean, I think you, you know, I think he's a really smart guy. Um, yeah. I mean, good for him though. Yeah. Just shut up, play basketball, and investing companies like hell yeah so good for him yeah well it's just me and ian here on a late monday night a couple of drinks I was making mine my drink of choice now is the uh vodka soda lime less sugar and you know i go to squeeze the lime in there totally fucking explode shoot some into my eye you know a little bit <laughs> eyes are still on fire here as we record the podcast a lot of sacrifices here for the listeners but you know it reminds me of a time when you know you think your you know your expectations are high you're thinking you're gonna have a nice drink and then right at the last second you take a fucking shot of lime juice to the eye you know and that was our experience with Connor Perez as an Orlando Magic ticket representative. <laughs> you know, we'd had, we'd had uh, back when me and Ian were in high school, when we first started going to Orlando Magic games, uh, we started out working at Publix, getting flex packs uh, of tickets where if you buy at least seven games, you get like a discounted rate. Yep. So... You know, we're working part-time at Publix, you know. It was basically my first five or six paychecks went immediately to the Orlando Magic to pay for fucking tickets, you know. Because I think I remember those were in the 350 to $400 range in there, which, you know, we weren't exactly getting paid a lot of money back then. Yeah. Uh, so who was our first ticket representative? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. Yeah, it was Evan. It was Evan. Yeah, that was that... Did we have one after Evan before Connor or was it? No, no, no. It was Evan no. Connor, and then it was the dude, um, Victor, or something with a V, right? I don't know. Anyway, he he's a, he was a, he was a nice kid. Um, I feel bad I don't talk to him. Uh, he's the guy who called you that day and was like, "Hey, you want to buy tickets?" And you you got it mixed up that I was moving. Oh, the right, right. I was moving home, but he's the one who got us that sweet deal. Um, uh last christmas the the 30 remember um i cannot believe that was a year ago already over remember the 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 was it the 76ers remember the game where john hammond um the the whole front office they were in the box right behind oh yeah against the pistons yeah yeah yeah. yes yes, yes, yes it was it was against the pistons yeah um I cannot believe that was a year ago. Jesus, it's not feel like just yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't remember his name in my life. But he got us those tickets. No, so it was 
It was Evan, who I really liked. Connor, who was a complete piece of shit. And the kid whose name I can't remember, who I liked. And I never met him in person, and I feel bad about that. Because he was, he was awesome to us with that ticket deal. Well, that was December 31st, 2018. Yes. So I can I cannot believe it's been a, a year over already. a year, year and a half almost. Yeah. Boy, that was uh What a game. It was what an Evan a... Fournier game winner, wasn't it? It was. It and was. what a time to be alive. Me getting pissed drunk, thrown <laughs> up in the Uber. <laughs> Showing up to the game, screaming at the at the refs, yelling out, you know, trade Evan Fournier and stuff to the to the general manager sitting literally in the row right behind us. <laughs> you know, that what a time to be alive, you know, when you could just voice your opinions directly to the front office. I mean, that, that, those are prime time seats right there. Yeah, and that then, was uh, um that that was probably so okay, so let me all right, let me back. So that was not my favorite game we've ever been to in terms of like game. I mean, it was up there, but that it, I know we lost, but that triple overtime game against the the OKC Thunder. That's my favorite as well. I mean, that is the best. I think that is the best game I have ever been to in person. For sure, that's the best in person sports experience of my life that I can remember. Yes. And I mean, it's it, it sucks we lost, but that was that was phenomenal. Um, but <coughs> in terms of overall, like just f- in terms of just overall having fun from the minute we all showed up on Park Ave to the minute we got home, um, to the minute Thomas who drove us home. And told me he was fine 150 fucking times. Didn't remember driving us home the next day. Right? All those experiences together. Um, that was that was my favorite. That was my favorite Orlando Magic game. Plus it was with you, Thomas, Leo. It was with some great friends. Um, I mean, you and I went to the, the OKC game together. And that was great. Uh, but it was just, it was great. I mean... I remember, I remember that because yep. that's when we thought Oladipo was going to be the future of the franchise. Yeah. Because I remember Kevin Durant hitting that three to go up three. Oh, or no, 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 to tie it. Then Oladipo hit a three with like a few seconds left to go to go up three. And I remember we're jumping up and down celebrating. And then Russell Westbrook runs up and banks one in from like half court yeah. to go into fucking overtime, which was crazy. Then when we go into at the end of the first overtime, Oladipo sinks a double, sinks a buzzer beater to go to double overtime, and then mm-hmm. we fucking blew the game at the end there. But like I just remember that being absolutely insane, and then I also remember Kevin Durant and Westbrook. One of them had fifty points, one of them had forty points, and Nick Vooch had like forty and twenty, and I had all three of them on my fantasy team. It was like the greatest day of my entire <laughs> life, you know. I mean, I literally absolutely destroyed whoever I played that week. I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. Like, uh, I mean, just every single aspect of the game was amazing, except that we didn't win in the end. But 
if I remember correctly, was that the year we ended up? Well, I guess we ended up drafting Mario Hozonia that year, right? I think so. I can't remember, but I think that it was the year. So, I mean, I guess at the time we probably were trying to lose and get a good draft pick, so maybe it was good, but then we fucked up the pick, so, <laughs> you know, the whole season didn't mean anything. But right. that's just, you know, life isn't really a Magic fan. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that again. But yeah, I remember, Ev- I'm pretty sure Evan came down to talk to us during that game too, right? Or did we, t- or no, we texted him. I remember texting him like, this game was worth the $350 we paid for all seven or eight games or whatever. So, yeah, but I mean, because I remember Evan was a ticket rep at that time, and, and Evan was great, right? I mean, yeah, Evan was, Ev- Evan was really awesome. The only time... God, was that Con- I can't remember if that was Connor or if that was Evan. One of them called me one day, and we were talking about coaches, and I they they just hired Skiles, and I remember telling I think it was Evan, I think it was Evan, and I remember telling him I want to wait and see who the coach is. I want to wait and see who the coach is, and um, I told him I wanted Skiles. We hired Skiles. And he called me the one day, and he was like, "Hey, they picked Skiles. You ready to buy tickets?" And I was like, "That's a little pushy, dude. They hired him like twenty minutes ago. I swear to God, like I just got the update." Um, but uh, he was good. He okay, was okay. So we actually was, did not draft Azonia in the draft. That was twenty fifteen. I looked it up. So that's a twenty sixteen draft. That is the Serge Ibaka year. So, technically, that's the 11th pick's a bonus. So, that game totally meant literally nothing. So, Mm -hmm. that's pretty rough. Yeah, that's brutal. But we did buy tickets the next year, right? In 2016? 15, 16 we did. Yeah, 15, 16 we did. I think. So, 16, 17 did we? Was that Amway Arena or Amway Center? No, no, no. These, no, these were all Amway Center. Amway, Arena, Amway, Amway Center. Center opened in 2010. Let me scroll um, back, because I've got... I've got a Charlotte Hornets picture from... Oh, that's those tickets that we got comped. January 3rd, 2015. They wanted us to buy tickets... And so they comped us those lower bowl tickets against the Hornets. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's remember our, that, that's where we were booing the team off the floor at the end of the first half. I think we gave up like 23s in that game. Or something I, like that. I don't something remember, crazy. But I just remember we got freaking destroyed. Yeah, that's crazy. Then January 16th, we also went to another game against the Grizzlies. And we had pretty decent seats. We were front row. Then March 4th, 2015. The Suns. That might have been Devin Booker. Then we go back again at the end of the... And then we played the Hawks for some reason. I don't know why we would have went to go see them. But then July 2015 is when we went in the locker room. 
That was cool. That was the thing about the Orlando Magic, you know? They never I mean, how old were we back then in 2015? So I was what 17 or something like that. Oh, see, and I mean 15 I, I might have been right. 16. What, in 2015? Well, I'm no. 23. Five years ago, I would be 17. Or no, I would be... Oh, no, I was 17, because it was before my birthday. So, I was thinking the other way around. So, I was 17 when we went to the locker room to buy those tickets. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You right there. So that's the thing, you know, I'm like 17 years old, you know, making like $100 a week working at Publix, and they still roll out the red carpet for you with a guy in a full-blown suit walking you around into the locker room and stuff, showing you all the seats, you know, that yeah. that is premier customer service from the Orlando Magic. I mean, that's, despite all the negatives from Connor, I still associate it positively, the whole experience going in there, you know, because I mean... They, they of course, knew we weren't going to be spending a lot of money there. They knew there's no way we're going to spend a lot of money on Magic tickets. I mean, it was a lot of money for us, but in the grand scheme of things, 350 bucks is not that much money for them. And they still rolled out the red carpet for us. I mean, they treated us, they gave us the VIP treatment, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, Evan was, Evan was a really... I, I just think he liked us, dude. I, I, I think Evan just looked at us and was like, shit, you know, I wish this is, but I, I wish I was doing this in high school. Like, good for these kids, you know, or some shit like that. I don't know what he's saying to himself. Yeah. But, like, I think Evan just liked us. No, I, I, I think, you know, I think Evan is, um, he was good. He was good. I really liked him. I think, I, I agree with you, right? I mean, I, I think that, the experience is a positive one because of him. Um, I don't know where he is now. I know obviously he left the team. No one stays in in sports sales. I have a buddy who's working for the Dodgers, and he started in June of last year, and he's already been on like five or six job interviews. Um, maybe maybe started in July. I don't know. He hates it. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't hate it, but he said, well, let me back up. He do, he hates the sales part. He doesn't hate working for the Dodgers, but he hates the sales part because they have a saying in the Dodgers where whatever the customer wants, they want double. And he hates that mentality. Um, you know, no, that's not entirely true, right? If I want... If I want seven games, I want seven fucking games. It doesn't mean I want 14. It means I want seven. Yeah. Um, and the Dodgers, they're always trying to upsell. Uh, somebody comes in and they go, yeah, I want like 10 games. Can we put together 10? Right? And they're like, well, you know, look at this Look at this. This quarter season pass. Or, you know, let, look at, um, let's look at half season because your 10 is going to cost whatever, but you're... You know, you're, you know, we could do, you know, 40 or whatever the hell it is for, for whatever. But my point is, um, yeah, they, uh, 
they really try to upsell. And I mean, you know, Connor was really, I mean, Connor was really bad at it. Uh, but I mean, he did it too. But my point is, he just Evan, Evan rolled out the red carpet. That was great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at some of the games. I guess that 2015 must have been. Oh, we actually finally made it to the Pelicans. So we must have bought tickets. So that's end of the year 15. So that would have been the 15-16 season. Maybe we're thinking 14-15 season when I was a junior. Was Evan 15-16 when I was a senior? No. I don't think so. Was I at UCF when we were... Yeah, I was, because you were definitely at Stetson. Yeah, yeah, I was at Stetson. When Connor was there, because Connor was a fucking idiot, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Connor was, um, Connor God, was a dipshit. What a fucking pile of grease. Uh, look at, do you remember that Cleveland Cavaliers game we went to? No. You don't remember that? I remember that. Uh, let me see. What day was that? It's March 11th, 2017. All right. We've got the picture. I think we just bought these tickets straight up outside of the package because we wanted to see LeBron. And this is LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love. My goal, you know, my hope for the game was that LeBron has to play at least like one minute into the fourth quarter, you know? And I think what had happened was that they were out, they rented out the Top Golf the night before. And I think they all went out and got drunk at the Top Golf and didn't play that well. I mean, they still played really good, but LeBron had to play all the way up until the last second of the game. You know? Wait, 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 wait. What was this? This was 2015? This is uh, 2017, March, 11, March 11th. And in this game, LeBron and Kyrie each had triple doubles. I remember that. We lost, but it was close. And I think we also wanted to lose this game in terms of getting a better draft pick, as far as I know. That would be the year before we drafted Isaac, I think. No, Isaac was um Isaac was seventeen. Well, so, wait, so, March, that was March 2017, so that's the very end of the year in 2017. So then the 2017, the draft that occurred in 2017 would be... Yeah, Isaac, okay, then right? yeah, 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 then you're right, then you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. 2017 was a really awesome year uh, for me in terms of travel. I'm sitting here looking through the photos. I went to New York like three freaking times. I almost got that internship... If uh, I would have had that internship had City not fucked it up, um, I think I told you about that. So I was in the running for a, a corporate banking internship with City um, in Manhattan, and what they did was I can't remember her name, but whatever. Uh, the recruiter, she, um, uh, she, <coughs> excuse me. The interview was on a Thursday, and she says to me, or she says to all of us, she goes, okay, she goes, I'll call you, like, you're, you're going to know next Friday. Okay, fine. So, next Friday rolls around, I don't hear anything, we wait another week, don't hear anything, um, then uh, I email her, like, 
two weeks later or something like that. And um, doesn't get back to me. Uh, I don't hear from her. So I'm talking to a buddy at the same time. And I said to him, I said, did you get anything? Like, did you know, did you have, have you heard anything? And um, he, he was like, no, like, I've already accepted another internship. Like, I haven't heard a damn thing. So, then, um, I just, I think I emailed her one more time and, and, and nothing ever happened or nothing ever came of it or whatever. And, uh, so then I let it go and I saw a buddy at a, at this wedding over the, uh, over the summer and I, uh, said to him, I said, Hey, I said, whatever happened with city? I said, I didn't get the internship. I said, I wasn't really expecting it, but you know, whatever. Like I never got it. And I was kind of, you know, what happened? And, uh, he goes, Oh, he goes, they promoted her. Um, like that Monday, he was like, they promoted her, uh, like the Monday after your interview. And like I'm not entirely sure why or what happened, but they promoted her and I guess she forgot to tell everybody um about the about the interns. So nobody got the internship. And they had to call they called all the interns from Dallas and they sent them to New York because the New York office needed interns worse than the Dallas office. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you're freaking Citibank. They were terrible though. Like, I remember my 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 phone screen was like three days before Christmas. And I I, I got do the phone screen, whatever. They're like, okay, you're gonna hear in a week. I didn't hear anything. So then I get this email third week of January, like Monday. And they're like, you're invited to the super day on Thursday. So I literally had three days to get myself to New York for this, for this interview. It was insane. They were idiots. Jeez. Yeah. So if you're going to apply for an internship, don't do it at city. Sorry. I got a uh, little off topic there, but okay. I'm looking at these photos now. I'm sure the listeners are going to be pissed. What that I went off on my rant, yeah. Yo, you want to read my uh? Here, I'm gonna read you. It's just there's no basketball going on. Um. Uh. I'm gonna read you my review of my international business professor. Uh, in, in uh. I'm gonna read you the review of my international business professor. Um. My junior year of uh junior year of college because we got nothing else to do and then I'm gonna I'll ask you quite some stuff but then uh, I just want to read this is funny so uh, we had to rate my uh, <coughs> had to rate my international business for professor for class and I said honestly professor blank is a nice lady who's willing to help her students unfortunately she doesn't do much she doesn't know much she thought that arbitrage was quote when two people both make money she doesn't completely understand exchange rates, and I feel like she's reading from a script as she teaches. Other than that, she's great. 
Uh, she was fired after that semester. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Oh, di- interesting time. Coming to you late here because of the coronavirus, and uh, I saw this post earlier today. Kind of depressed, having to work from home. I mean, not really, but it's just like there's nothing to do, you know. And the the VPN is fucked, and the laptop is totally fucked. Basically, did like nothing today except this bullshit online training. It's pretty annoying. But uh, I saw this uh, post on the NBA subreddit titled Dirk Nowitzki with an eloquent and thought-provoking suggestion on how to combat the spread of COVID-19. Just cheered me right up. Let me go ahead and play this for you guys. It's just uh, Dirk's reaction as a sideline reporter to a massive dunk by uh, one of his teammates on the Mavericks. I guess he was injured or something. He just yells, shut it down. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, oh, man, what a classic Dirk moment right there, you know, and totally applicable to... You know, today as well, we need yeah. to shut the fucking whole country down and go home. Yeah, but, well... Uh, there's still fucking people out there. There's tons of traffic on the way to work today to unfuck my laptop. Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, so I, I told you, uh, I went for a run yesterday uh, along the rail trail. Dude, it was packed. Like, I... Uh, I, 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 I cannot believe it. I mean, I don't know. I also kind of think like fresh air and exercise probably helps, right? Even if you are kind of close to people, you just, you know, wash your hands when you get home and like you know, kind of call it a day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm starting to get less and less concerned about this, even though... Um, Cases continue to rise, and now we're finally testing, and so God knows where we're going to be by the end of this week. I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, I see everybody else freaking out. I mean, like, for the love of God, people, toilet paper doesn't cure coronavirus, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you don't need to go buy all the freaking toilet paper in the world. And, you know, like... I mean, I, I don't understand how long how long these people think we're going to be, you know, boarded up for. I mean, I, I remember, I think it was like one day last week, I went to um, I went to, to Publix, and I swear to God, not only did it look like a bomb went off, there was no freaking beef jerky. I'm walking by the, the end cap where there's beef jerky, and literally there was like three packs of beef jerky on the entire end cap. Didn't matter what brand. And I was like, for the love of God, like, how does beef jerky cure coronavirus? Like, there isn't a food shortage, so everybody chill out. Oh, yeah, I went in the other day. There's nothing in dairy. I mean, there's no yogurt. There's no cottage cheese. There's no almond milk. There's no eggs. There's no shredded cheese, no sliced cheese, no block cheese in the back. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's how Publix was. The other day, I went in today, and I mean, you should you should have seen my public the other day, dude. I swear to God, 
there was like the, it, it it looked like they were shutting the store down. I mean, there was less than nothing in the um in the in the produce department. I mean, there was absolutely there was absolutely nothing. Um it was insane. Uh but I went in today and think, you know, things look a little bit more um things look a little bit more uh put together. Like there were no eggs the other day. There's eggs now. Admittedly they're $2 more, but there's eggs. Um I swear to God, I, I bought eggs like a week ago, week and a half ago, right? Dollar seventy eight for um twelve large eggs. Today three eighty. I was like, you motherfuckers. Oh. Like I I don't believe pub I mean, we both worked there, right? So, you know, you and I don't have the fondest memories of Publix, but that doesn't, I mean, I don't think they're that shitty of human beings to just, like, go price gouging. That just doesn't, I mean, it doesn't strike me as, as their style, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was freaking nuts, so, whatever. Um, so, as we're kind of getting to the 40-minute mark here, I, I want to take this time and tell you about this show called All American. Okay. It's a show about real life NFL player. He's retired now. Uh, Spencer Paysinger. Um, this show is based on his life. Kid grew up in. Um, I'm blanking on the neighborhood. Um, Inglewood. He grew up in Inglewood, California, uh, and answered, entered the transfer portal um, to go play for Beverly High School over in Beverly Hills. Um, better school, better football team, better just you know everything. And um, he got accepted. He went there. He uh, went to the University of Oregon to play football. Um, came out in 2011. Uh, NBA draft or NFL draft rather, uh, was not drafted, but signed on with the New York Giants, um, and won the Super Bowl his rookie year. Uh, he played, I want to say, seven more seasons, eight more seasons, something like that, um, and retired in twenty seventeen. the The twenty seventeen ended twenty eighteen year was his last season in the NFL. His last team was the Carolina Panthers. He played for three teams, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. He's got he's got one Super Bowl. His goal was to um, not play beyond 30. Uh, and so he's accomplished that. He's made some money. He's now a venture capitalist. He's investing in um, uh, minority startups, and he's trying to help kids from the, you know, the hood. Um, get out of the hood and, and try to do things with his things with their lives and stuff like that, and it's awesome. He seems like a good guy, um, as far as I can tell. I don't know anybody who knows him. I never heard of him before the show. Um, it's a good show. So that's what really happened. He entered. He applied to go to Beverly High School, um, <coughs> and then he. Uh, he got accepted, went there, played. Um, in the show, uh, 
the show is just like have you ever seen 90210 the 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 school about like so okay so it's this it's this it's a show about like rich high schoolers in beverly hills okay this is 90210 but it's surrounded by a by a football player okay Absolutely none of this show is true, except for the fact that a kid from the hood went to the went to go play at Beverly Hills High School, right? Um, now I will say, in real life, he married one of his he he married one of his friends from high school. In the show, he's dating this girl. I don't know if they're the same girl. Like I don't know if this girl's based on his now wife. Um, but yeah. whatever. But. My God, there's so much drama in this show. It's not even funny. Like, um, the first the first episode, uh, the his so in the show, the the coach of Beverly High School moves him into their house, um, so he can play, right? And at the end of the episode. The, the the coach goes to his house and says to his mom, "All right, I think it's time you and I tell Spencer the truth after all the after everything that's happened in the past, right?" And so there's like there's like all this ridiculous shit. Um, it's the most drama filled thing ever. Like in the show, his dad disappears when he's like nine or some shit like that, right? And he goes and he um. He, like, disappears for a bunch of years, and then he comes back, and whatever. In real life, like, his dad was a coach at this high school or whatever, at Beverly Hills High School, for, like, 23 years or something. So, like, nothing to the show is is actually true. But um, you get hooked. I'm telling you, it's drama-filled. There's, like, people are cheating, you know, like, these high schoolers are cheating on each other, right? And, like, the, the, the one the one dude on the football team is sleeping with the quarterback's sister it's get some good shit i really recommend it for anyone who's got any time now that we've got coronavirus and there's no drinking um or there's no bars open and there's no restaurants and now like you can't even go get a fucking haircut you know shit like that um oh shit i never even thought about that getting a haircut yeah Wow, dude. I was literally just thinking to myself earlier, like, ah, gotta get a haircut. <laughs> Hair's getting long as shit, you know? And although the thing is, I'm gonna be at home by myself for like a month, so I guess it doesn't really matter what I look like, but... Dang. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, that's that's sort of how I feel about dry cleaning. Um, that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I walked home from, uh, I walked home from Uptown a few weeks ago, uh, in in my suit in the rain um my fucking uber driver left me and i was shit-faced um and so uh that needs to go to dry cleaners but you know what i don't have anywhere to be for an indefinite amount of time so i don't really give a shit uh but yeah so if you've got some time i recommend all American on Netflix. Um, dude, Leah's in town. Get her hooked on it. Um, it's a phenomenal show. Uh, watch it now. Thank me later. I, st- I stayed up. A few buddies came over on Saturday night, Daniel and, and Kelsey. Um, 
We started watching the show at 8. We watched basically like 5 or 6 episodes. They left about 1. I stayed up till 5.30 in the morning finishing the series. Or finishing the, the first season. Wow. It is that freaking addicting. It, it, it is cliffhanger after cliffhanger. It's nonstop drama. Um, there's a there's a gang aspect of the show, right? So, um, you know, you've got uh, you've got um, like the kid who uh, he, one of his buddies got shot by some gang members, and there's like there's all this shit, uh, and then his best friend who is a lesbian is like one of the one of the leaders of the gang or I guess like one of the like runners for the the main boss or whatever um and so she's trying to like hide stuff from her girlfriend run the gang try to help these kids it's I mean there's not a high schooler in the world I don't think that goes through this much drama or is being pulled in this many different directions um as a high schooler but uh it's it's phenomenal it is really, I mean, it's some really, it, it's some prime shit. Um, and then they interviewed the, uh, they interviewed the, oh, the creator of the show. Um, this, we're in season two. Uh, and so they interviewed the, the creator of the show. Um, back, uh, I, I don't know, but a year ago, whatever. And she straight up said, She's like, yeah, she goes, the, the only thing I knew about how to, the only thing I knew about football is how to make good, a good Buffalo dip on Super Bowl Sunday. And here I am writing a show about football. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's not about football. It's a high school drama, but, um, I'll tell you something. I've never seen two grown men, uh, get so, get so, uh, uh, enriched in a show. Before, as I see Kelsey and Daniel get into this, um, over the over the last uh, over the last two weeks, or over, I'm sorry, really over the weekend because we started watching it Friday night, so here we are. So anyway, that's yeah, my I mean, plug for All American Call. I, I highly recommend it. All I mean, it says it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I might check it out. I don't know. I'm I'm finishing up the expanse here, but uh, I haven't really made much progress over the past few days. All weekend, I didn't do anything. They had the free weekend for uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so yeah. I was playing that. It was pretty fun. You know, it's pretty enjoyable. You kill a lot of people in there, man. It's crazy, and there's a lot of blood, and it's incredibly entertaining. You know, and this is the thing, though, is people say violent video games are bad because they make you you know want to go out there and kill people and in this game you go in there you know you got your sword you got your spear you're slicing people you gotta like confirm kills of some people so like once they're like basically dead you just stab their corpse again just for fun let me tell you you know i'm a diabetic every time i have to inject myself at night i hesitate so the violent video games thing totally fake news no way you know i'm going in here slicing people up you know stabbing people through the fucking skull with spears and stuff but injecting myself with a four millimeter needle no way so that's what i learned over this weekend i love it 
It's also a good amount of Greek history involved in there, too, so... Really? Yeah, it's like... I mean, obviously it's not real, but it's like... The real... Like, the map is real. And, like, there are some real people in there. And oh. stuff. But then there's also, like, magic and... I mean, I feel like if one person killed, like... I mean, I probably killed, like, 200 people by now. Like, the population of the Earth just wasn't really that high to sustain, like, one person killing 200 people back then, you know? Yeah. But... See, I mean, I that's, that's how I feel about Modern Warfare. Not that I really play Modern Warfare that very much. I mean, I picked up my video game controller for the, uh, the first time in 2020... Uh, last week but you know you should go in there there's there's no purpose to any level in these video games right um it's really stupid but you just go in there and you kill some freaking people and you know it calms you down uh, you know, and then you you go to bed and you you know I don't know what people dream. I don't know what normal people dream about, but you dream about something normal, and uh, life's good. Yeah, I just dream about waking up in twenty thirty and celebrating in Orlando Magic Championship. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I feel I feel that. I feel that. Um. So what do we want to talk about? I mean, it's been been 50 minutes here. I think our listeners have gotten some really good information tonight. We're, we're not really, you know, we're not really as funny as we've been in the past. Um, but, uh, you know, because you and I are usually funny about politics and sports, and the last thing we want to do is turn this into a political podcast. So um, I don't want to go down that road. Um I think it's just a little bit too depressing out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus. I, I mean, you know, um, I don't know if you saw, but the the Senate could not pass the first run of, um, could not, could not pass the first run of the uh, Relief Act today or the Coronavirus Relief Act or whatever the hell it's it's called. Oh, um, yeah, that was just a complete piece of shit, Bill. That was just complete horse shit there that they threw out on the on the Senate floor. I mean, absolutely no chance that was going to pass. I mean, honestly, some Republicans might have voted against it as well. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know? I mean, just, just a pathetic effort there from Senate Republicans putting that bill on the floor. Yeah. You know, it didn't even bar any money going to the Trump organization, you know? Like, come on. And then, uh, I mean, it just had no restrictions on how companies, corporations could use the money they get from the government. You know, they could have just taken it to pay off their debts and then, like, close up shop and still fire everybody. And it's like, well, that's not what we're looking to do. Yeah. Um, and actually, just as we came on, um, I saw, I, I, got, I got a Wall Street Journal update. Where I guess the, um, I guess the airlines are considering um, scrubbing all domestic flights 
Just every airline, just the whole freaking industry shutting down. Um, I mean, the the airline and hotel industry is is seriously screwed uh, right now, and I I worry that that those two industries and travel, you know, that whole thing, right? So hotels and airlines and the you know, the rental car companies, I, I seriously worry that they're not going to, um, rental cars are a little bit different, but, um, yeah, I seriously worry that these companies are, are going to go out of business and not, um, you know, not be able to sustain themselves. Um, I know the CEO, I believe it's Marriott, the CEO and COO of Marriott are not taking a pay, they're, they're they're not taking a paycheck, um, till for or for further notice, um, and the rest of the um, executive team is working. Um, the rest of the executive team is taking a fifty percent pay cut till further notice. So, wow. I mean, we you know. Um, Sure, throw throw restrictions on these companies. I'm not I'm not against that. Uh, what I am saying is is I don't think this is a ploy to, like, oh hey help us out. Um, you know we're just gonna like we're going to uh, pay off debt, close up shop, wait till it comes back, and then buy back stock. I mean, the these people are legitimately worried about their jobs. I know. Um, uh, Marriott has has laid off um, or furloughed, I want to say like twelve thousand employees or something crazy. Um, yeah, just nobody staying in hotels anymore. Nobody doing anything. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean the no, whole uh, hosp- hospitality industry, service in- service industry, I guess. Uh, there's just nothing going on, you know, besides takeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a. Um, there's a so here in Charlotte, I think you guys have heard me talk about it, the Charlotte Agenda. Cole, I know I know you know what that is. Um, so they have a thing right now where um, you use uh, Venmo um, and the handle is hashtag uh, tip CLT and you you log on and it's like a random um, it's a, it's a random bartender or waitress or whoever in the service industry. Um, and then, like, you can tip them after you eat at home because just nobody's eating out. Nobody's drinking out. I mean, you know that new beer garden that I was telling you about here in town? I mean, they the opened... Three story, next to a three-story building place? Or were they building that multiple-story building with the breweries you're talking about? Um, no, 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 no. This is the one down... Across from Dimensional Fund Advisors, right there by Brickyard. It's right there on Trine. It's right next to the liquor store. Um. Anyway, there's this there's this new beer garden here in town, and it's four stories tall. They have four hundred and thirty six taps, um, throughout the place. There, it, there's a tree inside. I mean, it's insane. Um, they built the whole thing around a tree. Tree's fake, but it's it's still it's still really cool. And um, 
they opened like three weeks ago. And they've had to close. Yeah, they're so, totally fucked. Yeah, so I, I don't know how much this building cost. Um, but I can tell you right now, it sure as hell wasn't cheap. And yeah, they're fucked. And then what's worse is, you know right there, um, the rail stop that I, I get on when I go to work? The one right there across yeah. from you know where Shake Shack is, which hasn't opened yet. Uh, and um, like Hawkers yeah. and all that kind of thing. So, those buildings, not where they're building Lowe's, the other side, like right there, where you know, on the on the rail stop side of the side of the road, um, they're knocking down those buildings and they're building a, a sixteen story skyscraper there. It was twenty three. I think it's twenty three. They're going to build a twenty three story building right there. And um, so, Trilupo Honey, I think I pronounced that right. They just moved uptown. Their grand opening was last Thursday. Um, not like four days ago, but like, you know, like Thursday before last Thursday. Like their grand opening was last Thursday or two, th- two Thursdays ago. And then the executive order came out, I think on Friday, that everything was shut down. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean... I have never seen anything like this before. Um, I've never seen financial markets like this. Um, I mean, we were, that was 12 in 2008, right? So, I mean, I I don't, I don't remember. um, I don't don't really remember 2008 that well. I mean, I, I know what happened and I remember watching CNBC and sixth grade and stuff like that, but, um, I just, I can't remember just the entire, I mean, even then, the entire world did not shut down. I mean, sure, the banks were over-levered and, and, and fine, right? And the auto industry needed to bail out, but, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, Marriott, Marriott did not need a bailout then, uh, like they do today. I mean, I'm not so worried about the banks today because they're less levered, they're in it, they're healthier, and now with teleworking, everybody can just work from their house, so you know people still get paid, fees still get collected, all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, like these people in the branches, that I mean, I I, I worry about that, right? I, I I don't really worry so much about the the Bank of America um, call center rep. I mean, I worry more about the, um, I, you know, I worry more about the uh, uh, the branch banker at the Bank of America across the street from my house. Um, I just, I've never seen anything like this. And if nothing else, right, like the Olympics weren't postponed. They are now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, like the entire sports world didn't shut down in 08. You know, people were still going to NASCAR races and, and, and basketball games and golf tournaments and shit like that. And uh, The president was, just, was awake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, for, for, for all the things you could say about Bush, he was awake in those meetings. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, 
That's all you can ask, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just and show you know, up and, I mean, the and thing literally is, be awake. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, uh, you know, you can disagree with Bush, and I don't think he was perfect, but I think he cared. I think he cared, and I, re- I really think he tried. Um, he had his flaws, just like every president, but I think he... Uh, I think he actually gave a shit about the country, and I think he actually tried. Or at least he was good enough at... at he, he either really cared, or he didn't, and he was just good enough at making people think he cared. Either way, it's better than what we have now. So, yeah, so somebody posts for the third time this week, I'm buying enough booze for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, um, fuck. Doreen Sodell is uh, one of the one of the best female racing drivers in the world, and um, she uh, did a thing on Instagram the other day where it was like, "When we're when we come out of this quarantine, you're either going to be an alcoholic or a great cook. Which one?" And I I, I chose great cook because, as I was telling you before we came on, I've really tried to start cooking more. Uh, yeah, and I've gotten I've gotten good at it. And, um, she, uh, the, the thing was, so, um, uh, I, I, I voted, you know, good cook and I looked at the votes and I think I was like 2%. So like 2% of people said, uh, said they'd be good cooks and 98% said they'd be alcoholics. <laughs> like shit. So, all right, everybody. Well. Um, hope you guys are having as much fun in quarantine as we are with no basketball and working from home and Netflix and Hulu and all this fun stuff. And, um, hope you guys don't become alcoholics. That would suck. We're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up here and just going to sign off with a few wise words from, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. all right well everybody if you were if yeah if you were as bored as we are shoot us an email uh whiteboard basketball pod at gmail.com we hope to have more than i guess three listeners because we have us and and now leah so that's cool there's that guy out in in the arab that's that's right all right so Dude, if you want to be on the podcast, just shoot us an email. We'll uh, we'll take anybody right now. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll literally put anybody on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have no shame at this point, my friend. Yep. So, all right. Um, all right. Well, this is Cole and Ian signing off. <laughs>